This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Sunday after the Caps-Bruins game to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. It's yours, boys and girls and babes. Let's go! Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Capitals podcast. My name is Amy Rothenberger and I am your host. Here's where we rock the red, unleash the fury, and cheer in all caps. Now let's start the show. It is a great day to talk about hockey. And on today's roster, we'll talk about that horrendous game last night against Buffalo and about what we might be able to expect from Ovi's next contract. But first, the news. Hey, what happened? Nicholas Backstrom was honored for playing his 1,000th NHL game Thursday night during a very nice pregame ceremony. He was joined on the ice by his fiancée, Liza, their three kids, Haley, Vince, and Elise, Capitals general manager Brian McClellan, and he stood in the corner as the team celebrated his 14-year career in the NHL. The Cavs first played a tribute video over the Jumbotron featuring lots of kind words from lots of his teammates and former teammates. We had folks like Mike Green. We had folks like Mike Knubel. We had Brayton Holpe and uh, a couple of other really great quotes. So uh, let's get started with those. Ole Kolzig said, It just seemed like yesterday that you walked into the doors of Kettler as a pudgy little Swedish kid. Now you've turned into one of the game's all-time greats. Brian McClellan said, It's been an honor of you first getting here, winning a Stanley Cup, and seeing you finish your career in a Washington Capitals uniform. Braden Holpe tugged at my heartstrings when he said, Nick, congrats on a thousand games. You've obviously been an amazing player, but you've been a better teammate and friend. Couldn't be more proud of you. Mike Green added, it's a true honor playing with you on the ice and your friendship off the ice. Alex Ovechkin said, it's fun to watch how you've grown up as a person and a player. Wish you all the best to you and your family. Keep going and there's a thousand more games to come. Tom Wilson said, from day one, you've been a role model and I've looked up to you. But what really got the waterworks going, even a little tear shed from Nicholas Backstrom, was when his daughter Haley said, Daddy, I love you. You are my hero and I love you so much. The Capitals players watched from along the bench with their N1KY masks over their faces. And Backstrom was then presented with a commemorative silver stick by McClellan and an all-inclusive golf trip to any course and resort of his choosing from his teammates. Then it was picture time. First, Backstrom posed with the Capitals' leadership committee, McClellan and his family, and then the entire team posed at center ice while Backstrom held his silver stick. Congratulations, Nikki. It could not have happened to a better man or a better player. Here's to your Hall of Fame induction in the future. In other news... Coronavirus! Coronavirus! 
The Avs canceled practice again today, but continue to play games with opposing teams and refs and everything, so that makes no sense. Although, right before this recording, it was announced that the Avalanche will postpone their games until after the 20th of this month because they had another player show up on the COVID-19 protocol and canceled another practice this morning. What does make sense is that the games that Vancouver was supposed to play tonight and tomorrow have been postponed, probably at least in part, because of JT Miller speaking up and being very frank about not being game ready, and he didn't even come down with the Rona. Just cancel the rest of the Vancouver games, NHL. Points percentage is there for a reason. Speaking of points percentage, the Caps managed to lose a game last night to a team that's only won 10 games and to a goalie that has not won a game since 2015. So we'll talk about that. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I've mentioned before, I'm not really a jewelry kind of girl, but when I look at these, Michelle Fantacci's ring stood out as the one that I'd buy as a gift or even for myself. It's very unique and cool and not ostentatious like some diamonds might be. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's talk about this game last night. The Washington Capitals laid a big old egg against a very bad Buffalo Sabres team. The boys from Buffalo brought the Caps down 5-2, to two, and they had the nerve to do it on Nicholas Backstrom's big night. The Sabres actually outshot the Caps 30-29, to 29. We should all do our best to move on from this one as quickly as possible, so I only have a few things to say. Basically, the Caps let the Sabres do whatever they wanted offensively for far too much of this game. That and just being unbelievably sloppy led to the results that I have just mentioned. Dmitry Orlov was probably the only Cap skater that looked at all competent in this game. Maybe Anthony Mantha as well. Those are the two that just happened to score those two goals. There was, uh, uh, Vitek Vanacek got pulled. 
And of course, it was right after I just spent a whole bunch of time talking about how great I thought he was as a goalie. I still haven't changed my mind about that. However, I think once you've got four goals scored on you, on 21 shots, no less, which isn't horrible, but I think that was a pull for the sake of changing momentum in the game and not necessarily for the sake of poor goaltending performance. Craig Anderson did pretty well after uh, after he took over. Of course, that fifth goal was an empty netter. Once again, Anthony Mantha looked good. And once again, I'll repeat that it's hard to look bad when you're playing on a line with TJ Oshie and Nicholas Backstrom. I just, you know, it was Buffalo. It really disappoints me to see us play an 8-1 to one game against a decimated Bruins team and a 6-1 to one game against a really bad Flyers team and then play Buffalo and get beat 5-2. to two. Something wasn't happening that night. And Lars Eller said something after the, uh, after the game during his presser where he wasn't sure whether it was a mental thing or a physical thing, but basically that the guys just weren't on their game and you know it's your typical trap game right you're playing buffalo you expect to win they've pulled at least a point and mostly two from every game they've played against buffalo this season this was the last one they had and they managed to lose it and you can't play like that in the run-up to the playoffs and expect to stay in first place for much longer the Cavs play the Flyers and the Bruins again this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. They are both noon games on back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. So Monday, I'm sure I'll have a lot to talk about. But the Cavs have got to get it together and see if they can pull off those big wins like they did against Philadelphia and Boston earlier this week. Up next... We're going to talk a little bit about a great article that Tarek El-Bashir wrote in The Athletic last week sometime about what we might be able to expect from Ovi's next contract. Because right now, that's the only contract that the Caps have left to negotiate going into next season and the Seattle expansion draft and everything else. So... All of our money and a lot of our mind has been tied up in this contract negotiation. So we'll take a deeper dive into that. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. I talk to you a whole lot about Built Bar because it is the best tasting candy bar. I mean, protein bar ever. I say that because it is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Great flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp, coconut almond, mint brownie. There's a ton more. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And even though they taste like a candy bar, they're actually good for you. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's talk about Ovi. He hasn't been scoring a lot of goals lately, but that's okay. I think he's going to stick around for a while. He's been eligible to sign a contract extension since July. It hasn't happened yet. It's not exactly clear when it will. But ensuring that the most consequential player in franchise history gets re-signed and is pleased with the deal is probably of utmost importance to one Brian McClellan. It's also a process complicated by a number of variables, including a flat salary cap, Ovechkin's age, he will be 36 at the start of next season, his pursuit of Wayne Gretzky's record for goals, the upcoming Seattle expansion draft, and everyone's desire for Washington's long-time captain to be surrounded with enough talent to play on a contender for years to come. Not much is known publicly about these negotiations, which are being handled directly between management and Ovechkin. He didn't use an agent when he signed his 13-year, $124 million contract in 2008, and he's not using one this time either. Another reason it's been so quiet, Ovechkin has insisted that the conversations, which are expected to gather momentum soon, remain confidential. The last time he provided an update to the media, he uttered two words, same, nothing. What we do know is that both the player and the club have repeatedly expressed their commitment to seeing number eight finish his career in D.C. I know that that's what the fans want too. We also know that if there were any concerns about whether this would be the season that his goal-scoring prowess dropped off, he... Overcame a disjointed start, which is a 10-day stint on the COVID-19 protocol list. He scored 14 goals in 20 games as of last week. And with 727, I believe, career goals, he's currently three behind Marcel Dion for fifth place all time. I mentioned that Tarek El-Bashir wrote a great article about this. He had help from the founder of The Hockey Code, a guy named Idris, and I might mispronounce this, but it looks to me like Baumouch. Uh, He's a contract negotiation and salary cap management consultant who works with teams, certified player agents, and players. So he used some of his proprietary tools and methods and worked with Tarek on this article and he took a deep dive on the numbers and presented three options, weighed the pros and cons for each of his proposals. So option A would be a four-year contract. And when I talked to the ladies at Locked on Flyers earlier this week, I thought that that would probably be the option that they would take. And the prognostication here is four years at nine to five million with a base salary of four million, signing bonuses of 33 million, and a no move clause for all four of those years. There are breakdowns in this article. You can find it on The Athletic of how 
it breaks down money wise in year, you know, his 36 year old year, 37, 38 and 39. It accounts for higher escrow uh, as you know, at the beginning of the contract where the salary cap is still tight and the NHL is asking for more escrow from players because of, you know, everyone being cash strapped during COVID. There are pros and cons about the four year term. It offers security to an aging player. After those four years, he'll be 39. He could probably entertain signing consecutive one-year deals like Yarmir Yager did until he was 42. The contract structure allows for escrow and maximizes net revenue. And the Capitals could retain their cup-winning core of Ovi, Backstrom, Kuzi, Oshie, Carlson for the next four years under that number. The cons are that it's high risk to the club to have a $9.25 million cap hit tied to a player over age 35 because of, you know, the fact that he's over age 35. You're going to expect that his performance will decline and he could get injured more. A 35-plus contract can't be bought out per the collective bargaining agreement, so that's a lot of money that they're going to have to keep on the books no matter what. Then there's a short-term deal. One year, $9 million with a base salary of $1 million, signing and performance bonuses of $9.5 million, and a no-move clause. You could get a two-year contract, too, and that would be, and these are, again, estimates from the expert, at nine seven five with a base salary of $2 million, Signing bonuses of 17 and a half and 19, uh, well, signing bonuses of 17 and a half for a total of that 19.5. The pros on those, if the Capitals aging core doesn't perform in the near future, Ovi retains the option to explore other opportunities around the league, which would make us all distraught and he should not do. Other teams may find a short-term contract more favorable for acquisition at the trade deadline if a trade is requested, although he'd have to waive his no-move clause, and I think things would have to be just a travesty in order for him to do that. A short-term commitment also reduces the risk for the Capitals if there's a decline in productivity or significant injuries. The cons, this would not offer any long-term security for him, and requesting ownership to consider paying out signing bonuses might prove to be challenging in a COVID-19 affected economy. Timing is another question mark. There's been some speculation that the holdup is actually by design. Why? Well, if the Caps allow Ovechkin to reach unrestricted free agency, they don't have to protect him in this summer's Seattle expansion draft and thus can protect another forward. If he has a no-move clause in this signed contract moving forward, they have to protect him. But if he doesn't, they don't. There's precedent, after all. In 2017, Brian McClellan exposed pending unrestricted free agent TJ Oshie ahead of the Vegas expansion draft. After weighing the risks of selecting Oshie and losing him in free agency, the Golden Knights took defenseman Nate Schmidt instead, and Oshie re-signed in Washington a few days later. So bottom line, how do Tarek and this expert see this playing out? Well, when it's all said and done, he wrote, Ovechkin will sign an extension with Washington 
following the Seattle expansion draft. The bond between Ovi and the team on and off the ice is undeniable and speaks volumes about his desire to continue rewriting history in Washington and bringing another cup to D.C. I can't help but agree with that. Uh, I think that wrinkle about the expansion draft and a no-move clause in his contract is a very interesting one and one we should keep an eye on. I will certainly do that, along with keeping an eye on the upcoming games against Philadelphia and Boston this weekend. I will certainly be back to talk about all of that next week. Until then, be sure to rock the red, unleash the fury, and cheer in all caps. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you just listened to, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that you don't miss an episode and you can help others discover it and join our community. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnCaps. Follow me on Twitter at Amy Rothenberger. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook at LockedOnCapitals. I also have another hockey podcast where I swear and yell a lot with my friend Julie. It doesn't happen daily or even weekly, you can find it on Twitter at PuckerUpPodcast. Our outro music is written and performed by Peter Hassett.